Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. My name is Mark Arlapage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where each week I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. Douglas Teeger, welcome back to Entree Architect Podcast. Mark, thank you so much. Great uh, it's to be great back. to have you here. You were here back in October of 2020. Uh, we talked about uh, living an inspired life as a small firm architect in episode 346. Um, we shared your origin story back then. We talked, you know, every time you and I talk, and we talk offline too, we don't always talk when we record. Uh, we'll just sort of check in with one another every once in a while. I think you and I are very much aligned with uh, our mission in life, right? Our purpose in life. Um, we want yeah. to make the world a better place through helping architects be more successful. Um, yeah, yeah, and my, my mission is to live an inspiring, yeah, balanced life. Yeah, and and that's very much aligned with what I what I, uh, you know, what I strive to achieve for myself and for the people that I can influence. Um, and so you and I are yeah. very much on the same page. And so I I wanted to have you come back, and just talk, just share a little bit about what's happening in your world. Uh, with the people that you're working with, the architects you're working with. I'll share a little bit about our community and the things that I'm hearing. Um, because I think right now, at this moment, right, this is May 2022. We're coming out of this pandemic. The pandemic's not completely over, right? People are still getting COVID. Um, and I think there's also a lot of stress and struggle and burnout that we're experiencing. I'm seeing that in my... And so uh, I want to 
compare notes, talk a little bit. Maybe we can inspire, inspire I love that. a few people. Um, before we do that, let me just remind everybody who you are. Uh, anybody who may not know who you are, we're actually promoting or have just recently promoted your master classes at, uh, over at BQE. If anybody is sort of trying to connect the dots, Douglas Teeger, yeah, that is the same Douglas Teeger. He graduated from Cornell University in 1982. He opened his own firm in 1989. And he grew it from a solo practitioner to managing a partner, a managing, he became the managing partner of a 32 person firm, his firm. In 2009, Douglas received a master's in spiritual psychology from USM, where he learned tools and skills that he shares with his clients. His ability to effectively streamline the operations allowed for more time to be spent on design and project research while creating a culture that fosters a holistic approach to a work-life balance. And that is very much the things that I want to do too with the community that we're working with. In 2017, he became the president of AIA Los Angeles and is currently serving on the AIA National Strategic Council. In 2019, Douglas transitioned out of his firm, elevating three associates to partners and started his next venture, Tiger Consulting, which is what he's doing today. Uh, Douglas's mission is, as he mentioned just not too long ago, to live an inspired, balanced life. Whether it involves family, coaching, consulting, painting, or sports, you should go check out his website. You can see his consulting side or his painting side. Um, he says all the time, love what you do and do what you love. Um, so Douglas, I, I am excited to have you here. I have no idea where this is gonna go, but I am certain that it's going to be interesting um, because every time you and I talk, it's an interesting conversation. So it's good to have you back. Thank you so much. I really appreciate so it. So let me start off with what I said about um, the moment in time that we're here, right? Um, this is a very specific moment in time. This is, this will, you know, this pandemic that we just came through uh, and continuing to work through um, is obviously historic, right? People will, people will historic. look back and say, oh, the pandemic, right? The COVID pandemic uh, changed everything. And everyone... Everyone will have a pandemic story from all our children that are in school, no matter what grade they're in, it's going to impact yeah. them in college. It's going to impact them. The first job experience. I have three, two, um, one way in college, two out of college, their first jobs out of college are being impacted where it's work from home. It just changes everything. And, you know, I, I've always said, I want to get out of judgment of good or bad and just go into choices and consequences. There is no good or bad with what's happening. What happening it is, and then our choices. How do we yes, want to react to it? Very much so. Yeah, um, there has been a lot of bad that has happened with COVID, obviously. But I hear stories mm -hmm. all the time about opportunities people have had, or new new relationships that have been formed, um, or communities. The Entree Architect community exploded during COVID. You've done such an amazing job building that community because a lot of people I talk to are part of your community and it's just amazing what you, you. created. Uh, I'm, I'm in awe of, of how you've, you've put that together. And to me, the pandemic has almost been an amazing pivot for you. It's made it stronger because people need that community. Yes, absolutely. It, it, is, it has grown significantly. And I think it's because for one, everybody was locked in, right? So everybody went online to find socialization. Um, I don't think they did that yes. intentionally right away, but I think that happened uh, by default, right? That was the way we were communicating. Zoom became a part of our 
our existence. Um, a big reason why the Entree Architect community has grown so significantly over the past few years um, is that the, the, the date in April 2020, when the world shut down, right? Everybody remembers that week when everybody realized in the United States that COVID was real, right? And that businesses were shutting down and schools were locking down and everything, right? We were all afraid. We had no idea what was going to happen. We were worried about our businesses. We were worried about our projects and our clients. We were worried about our families. And so Jeff Eccles and I, Jeff Eccles is my associate at Entree Architect. We, we meet every week and we decided we need to go uh, into the community, go live every day for a week. That was the plan. Let's just go there, right? Because everybody was afraid. We just said, we're going to announce this is going to be something you can rely on for this next, right? We're just going to go live on Facebook Live in this private group. We will be there for you. So you show up every day at four o'clock and we're going to be there. And we'll just talk about whatever we talk about, right? And so we did that. Jeff and I did that for a week. Um, and then it became very obvious that this was something that needed to continue, right? That there, that there, there was a, a core community, community that was being developed um, inside this other bigger community, right? The community at the time was mm -hmm. probably around 5,500, maybe 6,000 architects. Today, it's almost 8,000 architects. I mean, that's phenomenal. If you think about it, there's only 110 or 20,000 AIA right. registered architects. You have almost 10% yeah. of that. I mean, that's yeah. phenomenal. And they're, they're primarily small firms, right? So they're, they're mostly yes. small firm architects, mostly and lots of sole practitioners. Um, and Jeff, had, Jeff took over and committed to doing it. Didn't really have an idea of what we were going to, to do. We renamed it Context and Clarity, right? Because we wanted to... Uh, give people a context, right? Give give some sort of context to this moment that we're living in. And we wanted to provide some sort of clarity. Um, and so we named it Context and Clarity. And Jeff decided he was going to take it over and run with it. And and he committed to showing up every weekday at 4 p.m. and has not stopped every weekday since April 20th, uh, April, I don't remember the exact date, April 2022 or 2020, um, over 500 episodes. Um, he has shown up every day, every weekday, five days a week at 4 p.m., goes from 4 to 5 p.m. every day and is there for the community. And the community shows up. I love that. That is fantastic. If he only took a picture of every episode, he'd have NTFs for <laughs> right. you know, a thousand yeah, of NTFs. Exactly. And, and so he, he has done this uh, every week and, and the, a core that com core community continues to show up. He has about 40, 50 people show up every day. And, uh, and it has become a part of the lives of these people. So you talk about community. And as human beings, we are, we are tribal. And, you know, as we grew in societies, our tribe became who we associate with, whether it's a family tribe, your work tribe, your community tribe. Um, we, that's the root of humanity is to be tribal. So to find someone you can connect with and you share a common goal is is critical and that ties into your own firm. What is the tribal nature of your firm? 
what's the community you're building in your own firm? And I think that gets so overlooked. Um, and it's just interesting that you're talking about that sense of community. And that same sense of community comes down to your own firm. Even if you're two or three people, even if you're one person, you find outside people that become right. part of your tribe that you can talk to. And that's where you're so successful with Entree Architecture. It provides that community for those solo practitioners. Yes, yes, exactly. And I always say that even if you're a solo practitioner, you need sounding boards. And my whole pitch is I'm a partner for hire with no equity because solo practitioners don't have someone to bounce ideas off of. And it's so important. What I learned when I left my firm, I was very much in the weeds as a managing partner. Being able to step back and over the last two years that I've been consulting, I'm getting able to stay at that 30,000 foot perspective and help all my staff, my clients to get out of the weeds and look down from that 30,000 foot perspective and say, what do we when, want to change? And it's hard to do that on your own. You know, you need someone to bounce those ideas off of. It's possible, but I think it's very challenging to be a solo practitioner in the weeds and elevating to 30,000 yes. feet. I mean, you know, sole practitioners and small firm business, you know, small firm architects, business owners are overwhelmed with all the things they're doing, right? Even before the pandemic, they're just, it's just the nature yes. of a small business is you're doing everything. And so you're overwhelmed by this. Um, and now yeah. with this, this long multiple years of being locked down and having this stress uh, of having a pandemic, being afraid to leave your home, um, that is, that is damaging, right? To a society, it's damaging to a culture. Um, I, why, why put such a word as damaging? Why not just accept it? This is what is. So why be in resistance and label something let's, as damaging? Let's we're go all there. In I, it. Okay. We're I all dealing with, with it. I agree with you. But I think that there are negative consequences to, uh, to what we've, this, that we, what we've been going through. Right. And but there's also positive consequences. Oh, totally agree with you. And I 100% agree with you that it is what it is, right? We can't, we can't change yeah. it by looking at it in a negative way. Um, but, I, but I think it's as, as a leader, it is very important for me to acknowledge that there are uh, people in our community who are suffering specifically because of what they've been through. I see it every day that the, that there is a there is a uh, an epidemic of burnout that there is people who are feeling yes. overwhelmed and feel like I've just had enough of this. I can't do this anymore. Right. And and I think right. it has, you know, architecture is a difficult profession. Small firm architecture is difficult to to create and manage a small firm. Um, then you have clients who are also experiencing all of these things uh, from the pan, you know, as a result of the pandemic. Um, and so I think that it is important to acknowledge that, um, that we are feeling that, right? So we can then address it. Um, I, I agree with you 100% yes. that uh, we have to accept that it is what it is. And there's lots and lots of positive things that have happened. Like I had said, that context and clarity community has been, has been uh, life-changing for the people in that community. It has been life-changing for me and the Entree Architect. Um, and that's just one example. 
right of of a positive thing so so if we stay if we stay with that example of yes. burnout and the stress that comes along with it i really like to focus on setting boundaries and setting boundaries doesn't mean we're selfish it's self-honoring so i think there's a big difference between selfish and self-honoring and with all my clients there are challenges across the spectrum of client boundaries you know staff boundaries and if you're a staff member you're you have to honor yourself for your own work ethic boundaries explain that go go deeper almost, in that what does that mean in terms of boundaries i think so much of what has happened over the pandemic is that people are spending more time on the work cuz they're mm -hmm. not traveling they are stuck at home they are um a a lot of them like love what they do not Very like love so, what yeah. they do so it's able to sit in front of a screen for 10 12 14 hours i mean my son in the consulting industry is like 16 18 yes. hours a day and i'm telling him you know where's where's the work life balance and that's an inner choice there's no right or wrong here it's just an inner choice of what are your boundaries that are going to be in alignment with your life what else do you want to do other than architecture i'm i'm a firm believer in the concept that we are a divine being having a human experience who happens to practice architecture i think if we identify as architects we have the potential to be unhappy with putting the value outside of us so if we identify as an architect we're going to be happy if we do great work we're going to be happy if the client's happy we're going to be happy if the public loves the building that we're producing those are all external yeah. factors so if we shift that and say i'm a divine being having a full life my happiness is not dependent on external factors and it's taken me 60 years to begin to get to this acceptance yeah. and reality of that it's very hard to easier to say than to do but if we separate out we are a divine being having all these human experiences who happens to practice architecture so as a divine being the only thing a divine being is is pure love there is no judgment there is no right or wrong there is nothing other than being in our loving is the divine essence so from a place of that loving how are we being self honoring are we loving ourselves when we work 14 hours a day Yeah. We don't exercise, we don't eat well, we don't sleep well. Is that self-honoring? You're speaking my language now, Douglas. I I I am there with yeah. you. Uh and I think that is let's go deeper there because um there are architects especially you know we can go right back to the context and clarity crew um that do they're so dedicated, right? And they're so passionate about what they do. Um and that's a great but, thing. But they but um, I see many of them do not uh allow themselves the time away from the things that that they're working on right and that that there is more uh to to our lives a holistic life yeah. than than yeah. architecture but there's something else that i think is yeah. tying into this so um we're all we all have an amygdala in the back of our brain the amygdala is the fight flight or flight response fight or flight yeah. response that served us very well when you know we were cavemen and and a big animal was going to attack us you know we we ran but now we get triggered 
by emotions. We get triggered by events that our amygdala just puts us into hyper gear where there might not be a real logic for that. So if we talk about why are we working such long hours? Is it because we're afraid that we're going to get fired? We're afraid the client's not going to like what we're doing. We're, you know, what's if we can understand the why as to you're doing it. Now I have some clients that their off time is looking at architecture. Their off time is traveling to beautiful buildings. Their whole life is about architecture. I'm saying that's okay. Once again, there's no right or wrong, but are you having downtime in your day, in your week, in your month, in your year? And if you use any sports analogy, everyone has to come in for a recovery. So in race cars, they all come in for a pit stop. Marathon runners take a long pause between marathons. Um, any professional uh, football player has the off season. And as professionals, I think we lose perspective of that recovery time. And it's up to us to set the boundary that we can't go at 100%. You can't rev your engine 100% and not expect it to break down. So how are we taking care of ourselves every week and every month? And how are we scheduling our, our personal time off that can recharge our batteries? And that's what I'm just asking yeah. the question. Are you being self-loving and self-honoring to do that? Let's take a quick break to say thank you to our sponsors for their support of this episode. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. There's a lot to love about being an entrepreneur architect, right? But trying to figure out our financials on our own is not one of those things. Luckily, we have FreshBooks, the all-in-one accounting solution that's built for business owners like us. FreshBooks takes all the not-so-fun parts of running a business from building and tracking invoices, to managing online payments, to organizing expenses, and automates them. With features like the digital bills and a receipt scanner, saving you up to 11 hours a week in the process. It's also super easy to get up and running. And the award-winning FreshBooks support team, they are always available to answer any questions along the way. Compare that to some of the other financial management tools out there. Try FreshBooks for free for 30 days, no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash architect to get started today. That's freshbooks.com slash architect. So what will you do with 11 more hours each week? This episode is brought to you by rcat.com. We all have that one story, that one project that had such a unique situation that it required a solution that you had rarely considered before. We share these stories in private professional circles with our friends and our colleagues, but there has never been a collection of these stories of conflict and triumph all in one place until now. Detailed is a podcast series that features architects, engineers, builders, and manufacturers who share their insights and expertise as they highlight some of the most complex, interesting, and oddball building conditions that they have ever encountered and the ingenuity it took to solve them. Join host Sharice Lakeside, AKA CSI Kraken, a senior specifications writer at RDH Building Science as she uncovers lessons learned to help you navigate similar challenges 
that may arise in your next project. Detailed, an original podcast by ArtCat. Listen and subscribe right now at ArtCat.com slash podcast. That's ArtCat.com slash podcast. A-R-C-A-T dot com slash podcast. Detailed, every building has a story. Please visit our sponsors today and thank them. Thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. Do you have a process or a suggestion even on how to do that, right? Because I think a lot of architects, you had said before, I am an architect, right? That defines us and we become- they identify as an architect. Right. Their, their value, their value is tied to being an architect and producing a great work of art. And we've done it for so long now that we don't know how to get out of that loop, right? Yeah. I know there are people right now who are listening to us and saying, yes, that's me. Yeah. I, but I don't know how to stop, right? I don't know what to do. So, so can we help those people? Is there, what would you suggest that, let's say somebody, you, you, somebody hires you and they're working one-on-one yeah. -on -one with you and you just told them all of that and they're like, yeah, right? They have tears in their eyes. They're like, yes, that is me. Yeah. But I don't know how to stop being that. What you know, there's a, there's a great quote by Viktor Frankl, who was a Holocaust survivor who wrote um, Man's Meaning. Um, I'd have to look up the exact title, Man, Man's Meaning in Life, something like that. The quote is, or he has many quotes, but the, the one um, the, the, that I want to talk about is between stimulus and response, there is a gap. And in that gap, we have a choice between stimulus and response. There is a gap. And in that gap, we have a choice. So um, the story that comes to my mind, um, and I learned this concept when I was going through my program, I had an eight-year-old son at the time. He liked vanilla soy lattes. So I brought it home in the cup. He wanted to pour it into a ceramic mug. I said, take the top off. He says, no, 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 it'll flow out nicely. So sure enough, he turns the cup over, he squeezes the styrofoam, the top pops off, the coffee goes everywhere. My first reaction in my mind, my first reaction was, oh my God, I just told you don't do that. But I paused, I caught myself. Yeah. And through awareness, I caught myself and I said, you must be so bummed out that that happened. Can I help you clean it up? And he just melted and that would be really nice to and that, that shifted our relationship because that, that ability to pause and whether it's with a client, a staff member, any time that you can pause and catch yourself with the awareness, what choice do I wanna make in this moment? And the, the, the magic is just becoming aware of the present moment, aware that you're off course is being on course. If we use the analogy of sailing, getting from point A to point B. A sailboat never goes in a straight line. It's always zigzagging towards point B. But the captain is aware of being off course to get on course, to get to where he wants to go. So it's that concept of awareness. I really think enlightenment is just to become present and aware. That's it. If you can do that, you're enlightened. Yeah. But the ability to truly be present and truly to be aware and to pause in that gap between any stimulus, 
are you being triggered? Then where is that trigger coming from? So I'd constantly ask my clients, what triggered you? And then go back in their history and where did that come from? And can we provide healing to that part that can allow them to not be triggered in the future when something happens? So it has a lot to do with being self-aware, right? To, to yes. start paying attention to yourself, paying yeah. attention to the stimulus and therefore the response in the that trigger, moment, yeah. right? And what's, what is, and recognizing that, that, that gap that you talked about, the gap exists because that's the moment that you have the choice Yes, in yes. that gap, right? You feel yeah. that and often anybody who's not being, being aware of it will just respond, right? Yes. Will just trigger. And I, I even, even being aware of this, I fall back into instant triggers sure. when something is really at my, one of my core issues. I, I regress into that immediate reaction rather than just laughing and say, oh my God, that's fascinating. Let me look at that. And that's because that's human nature, right? That is that fight or flight response. Our brains yeah. say, run, there's a tiger. Yeah, right? yeah. And there is a gap even when there's a tiger, right? Right. Um, but, but today we can be, we, there are no tigers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Today, yeah. it's they're not. It's not that critical. And so, if we become it's self more self-made, it's self-created. Right. And and if we become more self-aware um, uh, and emotionally aware, understand those that stimulus and the triggers that that we typically respond with. Uh, when those things happen, we can recognize them, and then choose our response, which is what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. You know, um, my my favorite word lately is curios curiosity to be curious. So no matter what someone says, just be curious. Oh my God, you know, let me think about that. Yeah, pause. Now, maybe, maybe there's truth to that. I mean, the first question I always say is, is there any truth to what the other person said? You know, if you're triggered, is there truth? Because we're only triggered if we have that inside ourselves. So once again, let's bring it back to children. You know, if I'm triggered because my child is talking back to me, and I have one child that was very, um, God, he, he had such confidence to push and question me. He would question me and I'd get angry. The reason I got angry is I haven't always stood up for myself in the past. So I was resentful that he was standing up for himself. And that was my trigger. But it's like, oh my God, you know, where do I do that or where do I not do that? And is that causing that reaction? And so it's just being curious if no matter what happens. So at dinner table, my son can say something that triggers my wife, but doesn't trigger me because I don't have that as my issue inside. So that ties into an, another quote, how you react to the issue is the issue. Say that again. How you react to the issue is the issue. Is the issue. Because if I'm not triggered, if I can stay neutral, I can just be curious. I can go deeper. I, I can just not, not be defensive. And a lot of times with clients, this happens a lot. Um, some of my clients get defensive when a client is saying something. And I'm saying, just take it as information. Is there truth to what they're saying? And then ask that question and be curious about it. And if you are triggered, my God, that was a great question. I'm really curious about that. I just need some time to digest it. And just to become clear with how to um, respond, to give yourself some time to really think, so we can just talk from this neutral place. 
Yeah. And and that that goes for life as well as business, right? If, if you're it's in a job all site, about life. Life and business are are the yeah, one. It's all, it's all it's the, all same, the same. same. Yeah. It's I think it's when it's separated that you're not you're not whole inside. Or when it's just on one side or the other, um, it's out of balance. Yeah. So that's where I talk about this work-life balance. There is no separation. Um, in the concept of the quest for the Holy Grail, to me, the quest is the grail. There is no grail at the end of a lifetime of work. There is, there's just the journey. Yeah. There's the yeah. quest. So are we loving our life right now? And if not, why not? Because yeah. this is it. It's not going to get better in the future if you make more money. Yeah. It's not going to get better if you get the better job. I th and I think that's something that so many of us struggle with is, is that we're living for the future rather than living in the moment. Um, yes. Now I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't plan for the future. Yes. Yeah. You know, not, we can plan, Yeah. but we're not, we're not living. I'll be happy when right. and you, my whole life. Okay. I went to architecture school. I got, I finished the five-year program in four years. Cause I'll be happy once I start working. Once I start working, I'll be happy when I'm with a world-class firm. Once I'm with a world-class firm, I'll be happy when I have my own firm. I have my own firm. I'll be happy when I get married. When I get married, I'll be happy once I have a family and have kids. And I didn't shift that till my program in my you know, late 40s. So I, it's me too. You know, I, I know it because I lived it. Yeah. And to shift from that, it's very intentional. It has very to be intentional. an intentional decision to to yeah. to to make that, and and it, and it, and the more we talk about it, the more um, I realize and recognize what you're saying that it is about that gap. It is about that pause. It's about establishing a practice of pausing. Pause with right? awareness. Right. That that you you recognize the the stimulus. If you practice Choose. the pause, right. If you recognize the pause and practice to pause then you can then make a choice yes. on your response. Yes. Um, and that takes practice. A lot of practice. Right? It's not something that will just, it's not, it's not a, you're not going to just change it today, but, yeah. but the things that we're talking about, right? The stress that we're experiencing, the anxiety we're experiencing, the burnout that we're, we want to label it burnout. That's what that is, right? It, it is, it is you're all just of caught these, on, You're on the treadmill. Yeah. The you're stimuli after stimuli after stimuli being triggered over triggered after triggered after triggered. And it gets overwhelming and exhausting. Yeah. yeah. I don't know where this quote came from. You know, my, my, my father shared it with me and I don't know the origin story of it, um, but there's four levels of competence. There's unconscious incompetence, conscious incompetence, conscious competence, and unconscious competence. And that's a progression of awareness because so much of us aren't even aware that we're not taking care of ourselves and we're just on this treadmill and we're not being self-honoring. Unconscious incompetence. Yeah. Conscious incompetence is we're aware of it and we haven't yet decided to do something about it, but we're aware of it. Conscious competence is starting to say, I'm gonna pause, walk around the block, exercise, meet someone for dinner, cook healthy dinners, conscious competence, unconscious competence is it's just who you are now yeah it's a very deep episode here <laughs> <laughs> well i'm smiling and laughing yeah so no, it it's be, good it because be deep, I, I, yeah. I i think that well i know it's not even what i think i know that 
my community, our community are, are looking for answers to these problems. Yeah. Um, and to, to recognize that we have to take care of ourselves. We have to be aware of our own, our own responses uh, to the stimuli. Um, to be conscious of that is the answer, right? Is, is yeah. you have to start there. You have to start paying attention to yourself. And, and it's almost the difference because you said looking for answers. I'd almost want to shift it to asking better questions. Yeah. Yeah. And even with my clients, I, I have to hold myself back to provide the answer versus to ask the question because I truly believe everyone has the answers inside of themselves for what's right for them. I don't know what's right for you. I only know what works for me. So if I can just ask the question to have you figure out what's right for you, that's going to be the success. If I just, it's like teaching someone to fish versus giving them fish. I need my clients to work for themselves to figure out how to do it, where I'm a sounding board. I am just providing good questions and you're going to decide what choice do you want to make? Yeah. But it's not looking for the answer. It's looking for the question. Yeah. And asking the right question. And, and it, it's a practice, right? It's something that we mm -hmm. have to we have to be aware of and do it every day over and over and over again. Um, and and it becomes part of your life. It becomes your life. Yeah. yeah that's it. Right. Right. It doesn't become part yeah. of your life. It is your life. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. I'm mean, you and I could go on for another four hours talking about. Um, but I think that gives gives our listeners a place to start to yes. recognize that there is something going on, to be present, to be aware of what's happening, to be intentional, um, to practice that that pause, right? Pra to establish a practice of pausing. Um, to make yeah. self-honoring choices. I mean, I think that is- Right, and that's the, the foundation of thing. it. That's yeah, to make self-honoring, and that doesn't mean, once again, making self-honoring choices does not mean you're being selfish. Right. It means you're being authentic and not everyone is going to like the choice that you make, but that's not your responsibility. Yeah. If you're coming from that place of loving, from that true place of loving without judgment, not loving as in loving a girlfriend from that foundational loving. And I, we, I didn't want to get into religion and spirituality and all of that, but from that true place, you can do no wrong because that's the pure essence of a, just a beautiful soul from that place, what's authentic. Yeah. And it's very hard to separate out the ego from that soul because the ego can trick, the, the ego plays amazing tricks. The ego could say, I'm being very spiritual now and I'm in that place of loving. But is it the ego saying that or is it that real place? I mean, it gets into a whole you know, deep rabbit hole of separating out the ego from that authentic self. Yeah. And you and and you're right spot on with me. I mean, I I finish every episode for over this is this is episode 467, but I've been saying at the end of every episode for at least 200 episodes, love learn share. That's what yeah. I finish every episode with. That is it someone once asked me what would you if you had only 3 lessons to share with your children? everything else was wiped away and you only had three lessons to share, those are the lessons that I would share. I would share love, learn, share, yeah. right? Love, not only 
you're, it, and this is this is actually interesting because when I established love, my thought was love one another, right? That's what I try to do, and I try to encourage others, and that's what the foundation of Entree Architect is. Established. But you have to start with loving yourself. Yes, if you don't love yourself, you cannot love others. Exactly, and that that wasn't. I didn't realize that until just now, as we're discussing this, that that love is not just for others; it is also for ourselves. Yeah. So when you hear me say at the at the end of every episode, love, learn, share, remember that that it's not just about loving one another, but it's also about loving yourself, about acknowledging yeah. the work that you do and who you are and how you respond and all of the the things that make who you are. You know, I start I start my coaching sessions with a meditation. And it's just a simple breathing exercise, uh, 30 seconds of silence. But then I go into, and now bring your awareness to gratitude. Always starting with gratitude for yourself, for all that you are. Gratitude for your loved ones, family, friends, staff, clients. And gratitude for the learning opportunity each of these people provides you. And the importance is everything in life is just a learning opportunity. And everyone in our life is a mirror for us. And there's a learning opportunity from everyone in our life, whether they're giving us triggers or whether they're bringing us joy. Both of that we can learn from. If someone is bringing us joy, I'd be curious why. I'm seeing myself in that other person. I'm seeing the love I have for myself in the love that that person has for themselves. And that's the love that you're talking about of love learn, share. It's that mutual um, uh, love fest, that, that mutual appreciation yeah. and acknowledgement of like namaste. So my license plate is namaste. Namaste is I honor and respect the light in you that I see inside myself. So it's that mirror. Yeah. It's both, right? It's yeah. you and me. Yeah. I never knew that. I just started practicing it three months ago. Oh, congratulations. And never I didn't and I've known that. Thank you. And and I've known that that word since I was a child. I've heard the word. Yeah. I never really Yeah, I, I, I honor the light in you. That is yeah. also in me. I love it. All right. We have to wrap this up this up, uh, Douglas. Um but I, before we wrap There's it no up, wrapping it up. Yeah. It never ends. <laughs> well, we can, never we, can ends. we can come back it's and always do a this. journey. We can do this over and over again because because I love having these conversations. And I and I would suspect that the people who are listening right now who may have stumbled upon this episode, not realizing what they were about to listen to, um, are glad they heard it. Yeah. And um I'm sure there were many opportunities. I appreciate um, that. And to expand on it, because uh, I always learn something. I'm always inspired uh, when I spoke, speak with you, when having a chat. And um, I am inspired by everything that you've created and who you are and your soul. I mean, people, uh, I'm looking at the video of, of Mark, and he's a beautiful soul. Thank you. I appreciate that. So there's thousands of architects, and I want to leave them with one thing. And this is this is the one question that I ask everybody, but I think this is a really important question to, um, because if we can, you know, we just left them with a whole lot of stuff, right? And right now they're thinking, oh my goodness, I have a lot to think about here. What would you say is the one thing that they should start with? What is the one thing that they should do right now or today to start moving in the direction about going? Micro changes. I don't care what it is anything that's going to move your life forward for the better 
is going to compound over time. And just one little thing today, another little thing tomorrow, nothing major, small, small micro changes. And those micro changes over years are going to be huge. It's like compounding interest. Yeah. So we don't need to make a big change. Micro, micro, micro. That gives it a good first step. Douglas Teeger is his name. You can learn all about what Douglas does. If you want to reach out to him, you want to work with him as a consultant, you want to check out his art. Do you have your race cars on there too? I do. I've, motorcycles. Yeah. motorcycles. Motorcycles. I knew it was something with, with, yeah, with yeah. motors. Um, DouglasTeeger.com is the place you should go and go check them out. Go say, you know what? Just go to DouglasTeeger.com right now. Click the little contact or whatever, whatever he's got over there to, to contact him. And just say thank you. Do it right now. DouglasTeeger.com. Say thank you for being on the Entre Architect podcast because I think this is, for me, it was a very uh, enlightening episode to have and this We started with no topic in mind. <laughs> I yeah. Don't know if they yeah. Know well, that. I knew it would be good because <laughs> you and I are very much aligned with, with uh, our purpose in life. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize, even before, before we wrap up here, um, I didn't realize that what you do is so grounded in, in faith. Um, and that is very much aligned with me too. I don't talk about that very much, um, but that is the foundation of what I'm doing with, I'm, yeah. that's my um, ministry. Yes. Is, is Entree Architect. If I can help architects be more successful in their business and their life, and that makes them better and their lives better, which then makes the world better, then I've done my mission. I love that. I'm in complete alignment. Yeah. We are one in the same. So go check out DouglasTeeger.com. Say thank you. Douglas, thank you for all the work that you do. And thank you for coming by here, having this amazing conversation here at Entree Architect Podcast. I appreciate it. If you liked this episode of Entree Architect Podcast, please share a rating, write a review, go write a review. I would love to know what you think of this podcast and it helps other architects find us. So go do five-star rating if you like it. Share, write a review, I'd love it. And share a link to this episode with a friend because that's how we've grown. That's how Entree Architect has grown to serve thousands of architects throughout the world just like you. Thank you to our sponsors, RCAT, and FreshBooks for their support of this episode. I ask you to support them because they support us. And if they're supporting us, they're supporting you. So go support them. Got it? Go support our sponsors. Links to our sponsors. So you can click on those links and go right to them. Links to our sponsors and all the resources we shared today are available at the show notes for this episode at entrearchitect.com slash podcast. All the shows are there. entrearchitect.com slash podcast. Entree Architect is a member of the Gable Media Podcast Network. Gable Media is curated thought leadership for an audience dedicated to building a better world. Listen and subscribe to all the shows. I think there are 11 of them there now. Go there, gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. And I hope you're going to join us in Austin, November 1st through November 3rd, 2022. Those are the dates for the Entree Architect Community Annual Meeting, our first ever live and in-person conference for you, the small firm architect community. Visit entrearchitect.com slash annual meeting right now to learn more. That's entrearchitect.com slash annual meeting. And I will see you in Austin in November.
Don't miss this. This is going to be great. EntreeArchitect.com slash annual meeting. It's a conference for you, small firm architects. Thank you for listening today to this episode of Entree Architect Podcast. Love, learn, and share what you know. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us. Can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast. It's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. (laughs) So for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.